part one of Gary Owen. Welcome to another episode of Karis on Crime. I'm your host, Beth Karras. Karis on Crime explores criminal justice issues and cases in the news. Follow me on Twitter, at Beth Karras and at Karis on Crime, and on Facebook. The page is my name, Beth Karras. This is the first of three interviews related to a killing in Ohio in 2014. On New Year's Eve 2014, shortly after 11 p.m., Colleen McKernan fatally shot her husband, Rob. They had been married only eight months. After a whirlwind courtship, they met in the fall of 2013 and married the following April. Colleen said she was defending herself from an abusive husband that night. This wasn't the first time that she was on the receiving end of his rage, especially when he was under the influence of alcohol. That night, they had attended a party, but left around 11 p.m. They headed to their home in Massillon, Ohio, just west of Canton, the county seat. Had this fight not occurred, they may have celebrated the new year at midnight at their neighbor's. But they did fight. Colleen grabbed her gun, she says, to protect herself as she tried to leave the house. Rob, she says, came toward her in the narrow hall. She warned him, then fired. Ten times. And then she called did not have a knife or a weapon on him when Colleen killed him. But he had attacked her in the past, once suffocating her with a pillow. She passed out and awoke in the shower, presumably put there by him. Colleen was arrested that New Year's Eve. A grand jury indicted her for murder three months later. Her family posted a bond, and Colleen was released on house arrest awaiting trial. She went to trial twice last year, in 2016, both times, the jury deadlocked. Some believed she was defending herself and would have acquitted her. Others believed it was murder. Earlier this month, April 2017, 
On the eve of her third trial, Colleen took a plea to manslaughter and received a seven-year sentence. She could be out of prison in half that time. Had she been convicted of murder, she would have received a life sentence. To better understand Colleen and her case, I spoke to Colleen's father, her attorney, and the jury foreperson from her second trial. I hope you find these interviews insightful. This first interview, in two parts, is with Colleen's father, Gary Owen. And now I am pleased to speak with Colleen's father, Gary Owen. Gary, you've been through a lot, and I'm really delighted that you're willing to share your experiences with us. Sure, Beth. I'd be happy to. It's been a rough couple years. Yes, indeed. So, you know, I think listeners need to get an idea of who your daughter, Colleen, is. Like, what, what was she like as a child? What was she like as a woman? Colleen is my firstborn, um, and she is every bit of firstborn. And she's, we, her mom and I were divorced early. I mean, Colleen was only a year old uh, when the divorce was final. And, uh, and I exercised my weekly or uh, uh, twice monthly uh, visitations. Uh, and I lived in Buffalo, New York, and mom lived in, in uh, Canton, Ohio. So, you know, it was every, uh, every weekend, uh, one month, uh, one week in a month, and uh, four weeks in the summer, and uh, half the time of, uh, at Christmas, and a uh, week at Christmas, week at Easter. And I never missed a weekend with my daughter, and we had a great time. We were very close. And uh, then in seventh grade, uh, the visitation, I'm sorry, in fourth grade, the visitation changed uh, to where her mother had to bring her halfway to Buffalo every other weekend. That was a huge difference because then she was coming up and spending time and getting acclimated with her sisters more and uh, being more part of our family. Um, great kid, you know, uh, very athletic. Um, she uh, came to live with us then full-time in seventh grade. Uh, so I had her from seventh to twelfth grade uh, with my wife Jan and I and, uh, and Colleen's three sisters. And, and the sisters were all from another wife, right? They weren't, Correct. Okay, so they're uh, half sisters. They are. Okay, and uh, at one point she lived with you for how many years? Um, from seven, five years. Okay, from seventh to twelfth grade. So uh, she came. She spent her high school years here, and then in twelfth grade she went back down uh, and graduated uh, from Perry High School in uh, in Maslin. Did you always have a close relationship with her? Always. We were very, very close and, uh, um, you know, and as close as a father-daughter can be, that, that means close in uh, having great times and close when I had a discipliner. Well, what would she do that would require discipline? Well, she was, uh, uh, she was very active, very, uh, she's strong-willed. Um, she's um, nothing ever illegal or anything like that. Um, she would break curfew, um, but overall, she she was an, she never really gave us an incredible amount of problems. It was anything like that, but uh, um, she was always a hard worker. She was 
always somebody that you could count. She she wasn't the smartest, um, uh, you know, highest IQ kid. I mean, she not special at all, but uh, but she was the hardest worker. She would take uh, from what she had and would work harder than anybody else. For example, in eighth grade, she was on the uh, the modified volleyball team, uh, and the high school volleyball coach got wind of her. Now, Colleen is, you know, uh, has topped out at five foot five, 130 pounds, where, you know, good high school volleyball players, most of them, uh, you know, are five eight and up, five ten. You know, if you're a six footer and can jump, you're you're gonna, you know, you might get a scholarship. Colleen was asked to play on the JV team in eighth grade, and then as a freshman, she was a starter for the for the uh, varsity team, a team that was very good. It was a, uh, they didn't win the states, uh, but they did go far into the tournaments. She was a very good player, very very hard worker. Did she discuss with you her boyfriends? Sure, I met. Uh, she's had she had a number of, of boys over the years. I remember her first date ever was a, uh, it was um, probably in ninth or tenth grade, and uh, uh, it was a boy. For, he was from Russia, and uh, uh, his dad. I think he was born here, but the father was born in Russia. Had a very very thick Russian accent. They wanted to go to the movies, and I drove him one way, and and uh, his dad picked him up and brought him back, and. That was, you know, the first boyfriend I met. But as far as the first real boyfriend, somebody she dated on a regular basis, um, and that would have been in high school, and uh, uh, he was a football player here in the Lancaster. He was a kicker, and uh, uh, he was a nice kid and uh, came over. And I remember I had to make him a second steak. He was, he was big and uh, uh, respectful and, and a nice guy. Did she ever have any problems with boyfriends? This is all before Rob, because we're going to get to Rob. Any any problems with boyfriends being abusive toward her? Never. No, nope. That was never a problem, never an well, issue. Do you think she would have told you if it was? I think uh, Colleen and I were close, um, and when she lived with us, I would probably have more of an idea. It's when she didn't live here that I didn't know what was going on. Right, right. Okay, so she went into the Air Force out of high school, correct? Right. She um, she actually, I'm looking at the table right now where we met with a recruiter, and, uh, um, and that was actually going to be for the reserves. And then when she decided to go back to Ohio uh, in the middle of her senior year of high school, um, that's when she decided she would just go into the uh, active duty Air Force rather than the Air Force Reserves. She was going to be stationed at the Niagara Falls Air Force Base, and she just switched to going uh, into active duty. And she she was stationed in Turkey and in Afghanistan. And she was she military police. She was. It's called security forces. And uh, when she took the ASVAB, that's the uh, uh, military SAT, so to speak. Um, that was one of her areas where they said that she would excel in. So. Um, she decided that would be good, and, and she liked the idea of somewhere down the line being uh, in law enforcement. And then she was honorably discharged and then and finished her college education back in, uh, in the Buffalo area, correct? That's right. She, uh, she did her four years uh, uh, throughout uh, in the Air Force, uh, stationed in various areas, but when she, was, uh, uh, when she left the Air Force, she came straight back to Buffalo. 
And uh, actually, no, that's not true. She was in Dayton, Ohio, you know, at the uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Air Force Base, and she had a boyfriend. And the two of them uh, were together and went to South Carolina for a hot second, maybe three or four months. And things didn't work out, and uh, and they drove up. He's a nice guy. We 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 met him a number of times. Very uh, very nice man, and uh, and they had a very cordial uh, parting of ways. They were just you know going in two different directions, and uh, they were up here. I <laughs> mean, brought her stuff up, and we unpacked her and got her resettled into her into her back in her old bedroom here. And he went on his way, and Colleen. First, she got her um, her her uh, two-year associate degree, and she had already had some classes through the military. So she uh, received her associate's degree and then went right into a, a bachelor's program in a small uh, liberal arts college called Houghton College here in uh, Western New York, and uh, and, and earned uh, a bachelor's in business and leadership um, in a very short period of time. And again, it's because of hard work, and she was working. She had actually moved out and gotten in her own apartment. She was using the GI Bill to her advantage, and but also working and supplementing her income that way. So your daughter was very driven, uh, finished high school, went into the Air Force, then got her college degree, very focused, very driven, right? Correct. Okay. So it seemed like uh, she was ready to settle down. And uh, that's when she met Rob McKernan in the fall of 2013, correct? That's right. She, uh, the summer, that summer of 2013, uh, she had decided to go, um, decided to go down to back to Ohio and uh, and see about getting a career there and, and spending some time with her grandma, who she loves down there. And uh, uh, she went down there and said she was going to buy a house and do this, and, and that's exactly what she did. When did you first learn about Rob McKernan, that she had met him and was dating him? We had heard some talk about a new boy in her life in, in that, that uh, late fall, early, early uh, winter, before Christmas anyway, um, that there was somebody new and, and that she liked him and that she wanted us to meet him. All right, so this is the, the last quarter of 2013. When did you meet him? We met him in January of 2014. Uh, we, uh, Jan and I, and and the and uh, the three sisters uh, drove to Cleveland and uh, got a got a, a couple of hotel rooms. And uh, Jan and I need our own space. Well, let me <laughs> just stop. And oh, Jan, Jan is uh, your wife. Yes, Colleen's right. stepmother. Correct. Okay. And Jan and Colleen are very, very close, very tight. And uh, uh, so we, we got there, and uh, on, I think we went up Friday night, and then Colleen and Rob came up late Saturday morning. And uh, that was the first time I met him. It was uh, middle of January, the beginning part of January, around the 10th or so. And uh, we had gone to a Cavaliers game the night before, and then Rob and Colleen came up on Saturday, and we... Uh, Spent the day with uh, with the two of them and just went around and went bowling and went uh, went out for dinner. Yeah. So, what was your impression of Rob? Well, you know, he was he was a nice he was a nice enough guy. He was polite, a little quiet, um, and uh, passive. And it was like 
10 degrees out at the most, and he wasn't wearing a coat. I was like, I thought that was so weird. I said, where's your coat? He goes, I don't wear a coat. I mean, what do you mean you don't wear a coat? <laughs> you live in Cleveland. And uh, um, so he, he didn't wear a coat. I mean, all day we were walking around. We, uh, we uh, used a, a hotel shuttle. We stayed right in downtown Cleveland. I mean, it was frigid out. And uh, he would just walk around with his, uh, like, a hoodie on. Well, weirdest thing I ever saw for a guy from Buffalo. You know, we have quotes in Buffalo. <laughs> so, so yeah. just to sort of set the timeline here, you're talking January 2014. They're dating. They had met the previous fall, and by New Year's Eve that year, he's dead. They've married, he's and he's dead. dead all within a year. Yep. Very fast track relationship. So, Very. Wh- when do they get married? married in April. We met him in January. They were married in April. Was that the next time you saw him at the wedding? Um, you know, uh, I'm not remembering seeing them between January and the wedding. Uh, well, talking what? a lot and discussing things. I mean, with Colleen, not with him. Sure. What was your reaction when you learned she was going to get married? Well, she had kind of told us uh, uh, that Things were getting pretty serious uh, in that trip in January. And, uh, and like, are you sure, Colleen? Because, you know, if you go back and you ask me what I thought of him, he was, he was decent enough. But uh, he w- didn't seem like he, very, he didn't have much direction, didn't have a whole lot of drive and initiative. Um, he just seemed kind of passive and uh, um, not somebody that I would really think my daughter would want to be with. Um, but, uh, you know, I trust her judgment. And, you know, she, and plus she's at that time 26, 27 years old. And uh, it, she has to make her own decisions. So It's time for a break. You're listening to Karis on Crime. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to Karis on Crime. I'm your host, Beth Karras, and today I'm talking to Gary Owen, the father of Colleen McKernan. Colleen recently took a plea to manslaughter and is serving a seven-year sentence, but hopes to be out in half that time for the New Year's Eve 2014 killing of her husband, Rob. She had been married to him for only eight months. Let's talk about the wedding. Okay. Did, um, did any of his family show up? Well... Um, Colleen made it very clear from the very beginning that Rob was embarrassed by his family and that it was going to be a very small wedding, that Rob loved his mom, but he hated his father. And I hate the strong word. He did not respect his father because his father beat him and his mother and spent years in prison for that. So he had a very conflicted relationship with his, with his own father. So, um, and his parents and were divorced. His parents were divorced, yes. And just one other thing, Beth, to mention is that Rob called us after we met in January, sometime late January, early February, basically to ask for my permission to, to marry my daughter. And his, his comment to me was, Colleen is the best person I ever met. And I said, the best person you ever met? And it was like, not the best woman, she, or not, not the, the nicest girl, not the prettiest or, you know, the person I want to, the best person I ever met. I thought that was a really a, a strong statement for somebody to make. And, uh, and I said, you, if, if you're ready for marriage and Colleen's ready for marriage, then you have my blessing. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So you, you mentioned that his father went to prison. What happened? Well, keeping in mind that my information is based on what Rob told me, and now what we know is that Rob lies a lot. <laughs> um, but the paper doesn't, and the court docket, well, the paper might, but the court docket doesn't lie. And it says uh, that he was, uh, I want to say it was three years, three or four years he spent in prison um, for felonious assault, um, domestic violence, and maybe uh, robbery. Those, there was like three charges rolled up into one. and uh, The and, assault victim being Rob's mother. Right. As you understand right. it, yeah. Way I understand it, but Rob also said he beat him to the point where Rob had a said he had a metal plate in his head, and he'd be very careful because uh, if he got hit a certain way, he could die. And did you believe him when he said that? Yeah, I mean, we all did. It was like, holy, holy smoke, shit! Your dad be <laughs> like, what? Who does that? And uh, um, and now we find out that you know, come full circle, and and uh, and he and. The autopsy report doesn't say anything about a metal plate in his head. Right. And we also, afterwards, we thought, we're thinking, you know what, if somebody has a metal plate in their head, can they be in the Air Force? Right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but it just seems like a, uh, in a million years, it's, if I'm going to tell somebody a lie, it's not going to be about a metal plate in my head. <laughs> but that is true. There's no reference to a metal plate in the uh, autopsy report. Right. Okay, so... Uh, the wedding is in April of 2014. Yes. What's the and contact with them? Any, you know, do you have any idea that things are starting to go south in the relationship between them? Uh, not in April. April, we uh, we went to the wedding. It was out in the middle of, I mean, nowhere, uh, in the uh, Hocking Hills State Park, and uh, it was uh, out in the middle in the in the woods and a uh, very nice old cabin we had and. Colleen and uh, uh, Rob and, and their two friends were there. Uh, Colleen's mom and her mom's boy, not Colleen, yeah, Colleen's mom and her boyfriend came down, I think it was Saturday morning, I don't think they spent the night, and gran her grandma came. Um, and uh, and then uh, Rob's mom and Rob's mom's boyfriend came, and then a friend of Rob, I think his name is Mitch. So it was a very small wedding. Very rustic setting, went hiking, went zip lining. Nice time, you know. Uh, but the night before, Rob just got lit. I mean, this guy could drink and uh, he's drinking beer after beer and then got the Grey Goose vodka out. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little more, maybe, maybe in my late teens, early 20s, I could drink a little bit, but not like this is something I'd never seen before. And I got to say, it, it concerned me. He fell flat on his face, right? He did. <laughs> you can see pictures. Uh, I don't know if you've seen pictures, but uh, there's an actual knot on his forehead yeah. from where he, I guess he did a face plant on the back porch. I, we had gone and went to bed. I mean, I, I, if I'm up past 10 o'clock at night, it's surprising. <laughs> so, well, he's probably... We have yeah. Yeah, he was loaded. He's probably not the only guy who, you know, really tied one on the night before he got married as well as at his wedding. But you say this is, um, well, I've read, I've read reports, I'm, you know, looking into the case that he, he was a drinker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is correct. Going to bars was something that 
he did. And actually, Colleen would join him, too, like on weekends, whatever, with friends. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so now, did you have any idea, though, between April and December 2014 that things were not great in the relationship? They were up here a few times. Um, they were up here, uh, the two of them, for a friend of Colleen's wedding. Uh, they were up here in late summer with Bentley and the two dogs, and they came again uh, in December. So, uh, yes, uh we could see that, you know, a first-year marriage, you got a, a, a small child involved. Uh, That's his child from a previous relationship. Correct. Um, and he was about three at that time. Um, yeah. Um, he went, they went to this wedding. Here's, it, it, was, it was late spring. It was after they were married, so it was probably May or June, somewhere in there. Um, they came up, and Colleen ironed his pants and the iron had a little mark on it, put a mark on his pants and Rob lost his nut. Um, he was really, it was so about how he looked. That's why he didn't wear a coat because he would only wear armor, uh, under armor, <laughs> armor. He would only wear under armor or Nike. He, um, it wasn't even visible. It was like we didn't know what he was talking about. He wanted to go to the store buy a new new pair, and we all we all made fun of him and said, "Are you kidding? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you look fine. It's not even visible." And he and he got over it. But he was he was really upset by that. He would spend literally. I think he spent more time in the shower and in the bathroom manicuring and whatever he did to his beard and you know trimming and uh, than Colleen spent in the bathroom. He's a mm -hmm. very vain person. Mm-hmm. Did you witness any, I don't know, any a, like verbal uh, abuse by him uh, to your daughter? Maybe just talking sharply to her? Just a few times. I remember him saying just over and over again, he would he yelled her name out, Colleen, 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 trying to get her attention. He was doing something. And it had to do with something that was so minor, such a insignificant little thing. I can't remember what it was. It's so insignificant. And, uh, but it, to him, it was incredibly important at that moment in time that he had to yell her name over and over again. But I got to say, I never saw him. I never saw him uh, smother her. I never saw him choke her. I never saw him punch her. Um, uh, but he, what we really saw about him, he was sullen and he was withdrawn. And he was buried in his cell phone uh, uh, reading about the stupid Ohio State Buckeyes and the Cleveland Indians, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, I like sports. Of course, I'm a Buffalo sports fan, so I don't care about Cleveland Indians, although I wish they had won last year. Mm -hmm. um, uh, um, well, didn't there come a time when Colleen called you to say that Rob wanted her to stop working? Yeah, it, it was really unusual because Colleen is the driven one. Rob made... Uh, a lot more money than Colleen, than Colleen did, but he thought it would be a good idea uh, for her to stay home and watch Bentley um, and, you know, take care of the house and take care of him. And, uh, uh, and what we find out, you know, the reason is it was control. And uh, he didn't like her going to work. He didn't like her getting dressed up. He didn't like her uh, looking pretty and, and having a boss that was a man and, and different things like that. So 
Um, and she's like, are you crazy? And I remember she talked to Jan about that one. And, uh, and Jan came to me and said, who, who asked his wife? You know, they, they just bought this house, you know, and uh, uh, she's at the beginning of her career. Who asked somebody to stop working? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So it was a, it was a, a warning sign. Def- right. Definitely a red flag. Right. Um, okay. So let's, um, well, before we get to the, to the incident, um, I want to ask you about uh, Colleen was licensed to carry a gun, right? She was. She had a, in Ohio, it's called a CCW, concealed carry, yeah, something. Weapon, yeah, yeah permit for a concealed weapon, carry permit. Um, she had how many guns? She had one gun, the only gun she's ever owned and never fired it. Okay. Did she, did she ever fire a gun when she was in the military? Sure. She was um, at uh, security forces. She was an expert marksman. Uh-huh. I, I don't mean just in training. Did she ever have to, uh, like, fire on duty? I had read that she hadn't ever really had to, that she hadn't had to fire it. In training, that's one thing. Right. Right. No, no, no. She she never uh, fired her weapon. She never arrested anyone. She never uh, was involved in any kind of, you know, uh, significant uh, uh, situation in the Air Force, even in Afghanistan. I think uh, security forces is more about, uh, you know, conducting routine, um, uh, like roadside stuff on a Air Force base, which mm-hmm. is can be really large, you know, and, and, and sometimes airmen driving around in their cars might speed or go through a stop sign. So that would be more like what she would be doing. Uh, or she would be at the guard's sentry, you know, being a, a sentry duty, uh, checking people's credentials as they come onto a, a base. Was Rob aware of the gun? Absolutely, yes. Um, they, they, uh, it was there, and she, she had bought it well prior to ever meeting Rob. She bought it when she was still uh, either in or just, uh, um, or just uh, after she got out of the military and uh, uh, bought it in Dayton, Ohio, from what I understand, about five years before um, the incident uh, that happened on, that, on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Rob not only knew about the gun, but he insisted that that gun be loaded and ready to go at all times. And the only time it was put away was when uh, Bentley came over. His son. Right. And that was how often? A couple times a week? I don't know if it was that much. I think he got him every other weekend, but if he was working, then uh, he didn't come, and then he might get him, you know, for an afternoon or something. But Rob's job was such that he never knew. He didn't have a set schedule. When they needed to go drill oil, they would call him, and they would, he'd be gone for however long, two, three, four, five days. Speaking of Bentley, uh, his mother was Jessica, is Jessica, a former girlfriend of Rob's, right? Right. And I, mean, I had read that um, Jessica had sued Rob for child support not that long before um, Rob was killed, um, sometime, like in a year or so before. $1,200 a month or something, but before that, they had a, they had a, like an amiable relationship, but then she wanted more money or something. Is that true? Well, you know, I don't know her side of it, but there was, there was never a anything court-ordered until the fall of 2014, and it was like October, November, I'm talking, uh, that he got... Uh, 
he knew she was uh, suing him for child support, and that's such a strong word. I mean, isn't doesn't everybody that has a kid just have to pay child support when mm-hmm. you're not the custodial parent? You know, well, and unfortunately, there are too many Debbie dads out there. Uh, I mean, I paid I paid child support for Colleen uh, all the way up until she was in seventh grade, and then and then for the last eight months when she went back to Ohio, I had to pay it again, mm-hmm. and uh, and I never got it, or I got very little. Um, but uh, when she lived with us, I met, you know, I didn't. Well, anyway, that's okay. Uh, so, I mean, that might have been something that was on Rob's mind in those last few months of his life. Yeah, and uh, he was uh, surprised. I think the amount—I I don't can't remember if it was—it was twelve hundred dollars a month. It was a significant amount of money, right? And uh, um, and I'm sure they did have. It seemed like they that Rob would buy the kid clothes and you know buy him whatever he needed and uh, took him for his haircuts and did all that. And they seemed like uh, overall when Bentley was here, he called his mom all the time and she, he would have it on speakerphone. She sounded very nice and uh, they had a nice relationship and Rob didn't, he didn't talk incredibly bad about her. You know, just the same thing everybody says about their ex-wife, you know, uh, sometimes she's crazy, you know, but uh, he wasn't really, really terrible. He didn't talk terrible about her. Okay, so let's let's move to the end of um end of December. It's New Year's uh yeah, New Year's Eve and um Rob and Colleen have gone out. I mean we know the story, but um they've gone out and they leave one party and they go home and they leave a party at about eleven o'clock. They go home. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's dead ten minutes later. So how did you find out about this? Jan, I had gone to a Buffalo Sabres game that night in Buffalo, and uh, Jan was over at uh, her niece's house uh, and and uh, with the grandniece and uh, her husband and with I think oh we had an Italian exchange student at the time, so we uh, we had a, a little girl, sixteen uh, year old girl from Italy with us as well, plus uh, my one daughter. So uh, we were driving home and uh, uh, at somewhere around twelve thirty in the morning. And uh, Jan was driving because we're responsible people, and I had a couple glasses of wine. So uh, my phone rings, and I see on it says Maslin Police on my cell phone uh, caller ID. And I grabbed Jan's knee, and I said, it's Maslin Police, Colleen's dead. Exactly what I said. There's been an accident, Colleen's dead. That's before answering the phone. And uh, uh, so I answer the phone, and it's Sergeant Smith. And the call drops. I'm like, what the heck? You know, I got, uh, I, we got our uh, daughter, the, the Italian daughter in the backseat. Her name's Claudia, and, and her little f- boyfriend from Finland, his name is Casper. And we're driving, uh, uh, and I call him back, and, uh, and he tells me that, I said, what happened? What happened? He says, well, sir, uh, uh, Colleen shot Rob, and she's in custody. Listen to part two for the remainder of Gary Owens' interview. Coming up also, interviews with Laura Mills, the attorney who represented Colleen McKernan for her second trial and during the plea. Also, the jury foreperson in the second trial. Thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of Karis on Crime. I welcome your comments and your feedback. Feel free to post them on Twitter. My handles are at Beth Karras and at Karis on Crime or on Facebook. My page is my name. Beth Karras. Until the next time, be well.